Coming to you live from L.A., it's the James Louis Show. I am James Lundberger, your host. Thank you for coming by and listening. Remember, this is your show. Wednesday, September 5th, 2018, episode 12. Thank you for joining us for today's show. Our supporters for today's podcast comes from anchor.fm and listener supporters just like you. Click today for a donation and while you're doing that, subscribe today. Thank you. Well, welcome back everybody. I'm a little nervous today because over the weekend, some of my friends found out, I didn't tell a lot of my friends, they found out that I have a podcast show. And we're talking about some of these people I haven't seen for 33 years or more. And they're like, oh my God, I came across your iPod. As soon as I heard your voice, I knew who you were. So I'm like, about three or four people contact me. So... That was kind of unique. Um, I hope everybody got rested up over, over that holiday weekend. I sure did get, I got some rest. I went out for a walk and I got a little bit of sun. Hung out with some people I got acquainted with since I've moved here to LA. Um, and we had a barbecue and you know, the usual stuff, pop and chips and all that. Um, I decided I would talk about how I got into the music industry. Like I said in one of the earlier episodes, I was going home and I went to the MSU Student Union and I saw the sign and I was gonna keep walking home but my spirit got said, stop, go upstairs. So I go upstairs. Then I sign up, and uh, so I got signed up. They were having their first meeting that night. Uh, you need to know I was volunteering because it said that I would get work experience in the music industry, which is true, but I volunteered. And uh, I started out distributing posters and flyers and handbills. I really did an awesome job. That's one area I've always been really, really good at. So I hit the high stream traffic areas and uh, was very, very good at it. So I'm trying to remember my boss's name. Um, but God, he was a great gentleman. And uh, I worked through ASMSU, 
it was a uh, Michigan State student organization. However, it did have chapter ties to the music union. Uh, half the people that worked there were union. They, they were card-carrying union members of the music industry. And uh, some of the other people held uh, performance in acting union cards. So I did that. F I started from rock bottom and worked my way up. So I did that for probably about three months. And they kept saying, James, you're doing an awesome job. We want you to keep doing the poster setup. And the first concert I ever worked was a Gallagher concert. So I had to get there early because I was a roadie too. I helped set up the chairs. Uh, now, at this time, I was not union, I was volunteering. So I was working with the union people. So we'd run the wires, and I'd have to tape them down and secure them. Um, <clears throat> so I worked with the lighting people, and then worked with the audio visual people. Uh, I helped run the leads from the mixing board up to the stage. I set up mics. I even, oh geez, we're talking. We set up mammoth speakers. So I did that for like uh, three months. And one day when I was working, I took a lunch break. And this female came up. She put her hands around my face and covered my eyes. And she goes, guess who? I said, Kim? No. I go, Kathy? She goes, no. So then um, at that point, I go, I give up. And the female punched me. And it happened to be Chris, my best friend at East Lansing High School. She, she was one of them. And the other good friend of mine was Steven Spielberg's niece. And I ain't going to say her name out of privacy. So anyhow, Chris goes, so what are you doing here? I said, I'm volunteering so I can get my foot in the, in the door. I've had a strong desire since I was a kid to get in the music industry. She goes, what? You're volunteering? Well, I got something to do with this. I'm like, Chris, don't, don't get me fired. Don't get me fired. So she storms up to the head guy. Mind you, this production company somehow had joint ties. Well, there's like three ties. The person that owned it had ties with connection with Michigan State, but he also had ties with the union. So it was union ran. Well, anyhow, Chris goes up and talks to this gentleman. No, like, oh God, don't get me fired, please. Chris comes running back and she jumps on me and hugs and kisses me and she goes, guess what? I said, what? I just got you going from volunteer to a paid position in your union. I said, what? 
So back then, minimum wage was $2.65 an hour. And um, I just said, Chris, what's going on? She goes, see that guy up there? I said, yeah, my father owns Pop Entertainment. I said, huh? He owns it? Yeah. Well, that's what Chris told me. All I knew is he ran it. So I'm assuming that he had a contract. But whenever, at that point, whenever I worked, I was union, so I got paid $8.50 an hour. That was good money. So um, I stayed on for like two or three years. And then when the, the new group of college kids came along, the, the uh, ASMSU board, you got new people come in and I got voted out. But during that time, oh God, I picked up valuable skills. So um, it was really good. So what happened was is I went from advertising to a roadie and then from that, I did security around the staging. And then I was given more responsibility. And then from there, I went back from, I went from front stage person, I went to uh, backstage person, where I was one of three, well, yeah, about one or three stage security people. And I was working with union people, and that was union. They took uh, union dues out. So um, then at that point, I was assigned to the clipboard, and I monitored people going in and out. Plus, I monitored people going back and forth from the staging because I used to take a flashlight and hit their, their uh, fluorescent patch on their leg. If it didn't shine a certain way, we knew it was counterfeit and we'd get them out. But I used to hang out with a lot of artists. And yeah, someone's going to ask this, so I'm going to say, yes, there was people doing a little drugging back there, back then. People were smoking pot, but they weren't doing hard drugs. You know, once in a while, some of the people would have a few drinks to take their stress down. And I didn't see them drinking all the toast, but you know, like a few drinks, you know, you get nervous, so they'll, they'll drink a couple of drinks and then they'll go on stage and perform. And not, not all of them did that. There was other artists that drank uh, two bottles of water before they went out. And some of the artists would drink like three or four Mountain Dews to get them amped. <laughs> so they'd go out, go out there and perform really, really good. Because <laughs> you gotta understand, a lot of these artists are on the road and they might have a gap of maybe one to two, one to two or three days in between. So they don't get much sleep. And you gotta sleep on that, on those uh, like Greyhound buses. You know, some of these artists don't, unless you're a top performer. Now the top performers have beds in them, but the other ones, all they got is coaches. I've been in some of these uh, buses when I worked in the in the industry. 
So from there I went into, uh, I also got into marketing. Uh, oh, I already said that. What I'm trying to say is merchandising. So I got into that, which I was, I'm really good in sales. Oh God, they were phenomenally uh, happy that I was good at what I did. I would get t-shirts and I'd have hats and people would come up and say, hey, this is how much they are. And I would persuade them and they'd just buy them left and right. And I'd always say, you need to get this now because when you get home, you're gonna regret it. They're like, oh, I gotta have one, you know. And at times we'd have, uh, artists would make announcements while people are standing in line before they come in the concert. Some of the artists would say, okay, after the concert, if you stick around and you buy some of the merchandise, we will sign it and we will stand and you can get an autograph, or uh, pardon me, a picture and an autograph. <laughs> so, um, let's see, I worked in hospitality. I didn't stay in that part because I didn't like it because you're responsible for getting food over to the hotel. You gotta make sure the food is right. Uh, each artist has a different taste. You gotta get it right or they'll get upset. Um, just a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I used to be security escort. We'd get in the limousine, we'd drive up to the their private jet and uh, at the same time you're a concierge you're trying to meet their needs getting in but you're also being observant because you're part of the security detail and once you get in you confirm from their manager's itinerary of, of the stuff that they want to have met for the condition of the contract. Do you got the proper hotel? Do you got the proper food? We need X amount of this, and you're just confirming that on a piece of paper while you're driving to the hotel, stuff like that. They'll confirm, do you get us a double room, or each of us want to have single rooms, or whatever, and stuff like that. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the other part is, once I graduated higher up, I actually worked as a team, like right now. We would, I'm talking to you, I see you guys as part of my team. We would sit down and go, okay, what artists do we want to bring to Michigan State or to the area? And then what we do is we would call their manager or their agent and say, hey, look, we'd like to have, for instance, one of my favorite artist group, is Aerosmith. It's, we'd call them up and go, hey, um, we want to have this group come. How much would it be? And then we would negotiate uh, and pay them up front for half of their services. So then we'd work out flight, eating arrangements, uh, hotel arrangements, limousine rides to and from the concert. Uh, the security detail, we would just sit down and do everything. And then uh, sometimes we'd pay them right out front for 
the ticket sales. Other times they would have us pay half and then they would take the difference on what are ticket sales and they would give us a suggested price and then we would flow it either up or down for the ticket prices. And then at the end, um, we would pay them for the remainder of the fees. And uh, at times we would uh, get partial commission for selling their merchandise too. Um, so it was rather interesting. Um, I'm not going to overwhelm you today. I just wanted to give you a taste. Um, hope to have you come back tomorrow. And again, I apologize that uh, we missed yesterday's episode segment. I had an emergency come up and I had to take care of it. So come on back tomorrow. Remember, tell your friends, share it with your friends, get them to come subscribe be a supportive listener because i'm telling you i'm gonna have some fabulous true life stories to tell you until next time have a great day thank you for listening today please give us a rating or comments in the views on Apple Podcast, which is part of iTunes, because by doing so, that'll help us stay on the air. Oh, thank you. Please, we need your help. Give whatever amount you can afford for listener support and become a subscriber today. Thank you, and come back tomorrow. <laughs>